Hey, welcome. It is 11.07. Glad to have you with us. Uh, uh, how about we uh, we start this segment with an attaboy? Uh, yeah, I guess you wouldn't want to call him boy, attaboy. But yeah, you get the idea. Pat on the back for the Columbia Police Department. Uh, the story is uh, up at our uh, website, 939theeagle.com. Bond is set at a million dollars for a former Columbia man charged with a horrific 1984 rape and attempted murder of a woman who was kidna kidnapped on Wilkes Boulevard while wa walking to work. That's not easy for me to say, apparently. James Wilson was captured at his North Carolina home early Thursday morning by Columbia police and North Carolina authorities. Columbia police announced the arrest in a Thursday afternoon press conference at City Hall. Columbia Police Department Assistant Chief Jeremiah Hunter tells 939 The Eagle that Wilson graduated from Rockbridge High School and lived in Columbia around uh, 1984. Columbia Police Department's probable cause statement indicates Wilson and the victim did not know each other. Court documents describe them as complete strangers. Columbia Police spokeswoman Tony uh, Messina tells supporters Columbia Police officers worked on the case for years and pursued every available lead. Messina says the case was assigned to CPD Detective Renee uh, Wilbarger. I hope I pronounced her name correctly, or Wilbarger, in uh, March of 2020. Through advancements in DNA technology and the wide range of DNA databases and the help of partner agencies, the detective identified James Frederick Wilson, 59, as a potential uh, suspect charged with forcible rape and first-degree assault. Uh, the police chief, Jones, uh, believes there could be additional victims. Columbia Police have established a tip line for the investigation. And anyone with information about Mr. Wilson and his uh, case can call them. Uh, at 573-874-7400. We don't know yet how expansive his reign of terror was. We do know that people who commit these types of crimes often don't stop with one, the chief said. Wilson was captured early Thursday morning in his North Carolina home by the Columbia Police Department and North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation. Graphic court documents say the 1984 victim was abducted near Wilkes in Providence and was driven to Northeast Columbia's Wellington Drive, where she was raped twice. Court documents say Wilson then used his pocket knife to slash the victim's throat, causing major damage to her trachea and vocal cords. She suffered multiple lacerations and her injuries required surgical repair. During the press conference, uh, we asked uh, the uh, Columbia Police Assistant Chief, Jeremiah Hunter, uh, I'm sorry, Assistant, <sighs> long day, Chief uh, Jeremiah Hunter, when Wilson uh, lived in Columbia and where he went to school. And apparently he uh, attended school here after graduating, had some odd jobs, uh, moved away from Columbia around 1985 or 86. The Eagle followed up with Mr. Hunter on Friday morning. He confirmed the suspect attended Rockbridge. The victim provided detailed information to the Columbia police detectives in 1984, describing him as a white male, 18 to 19, 
weighing 190 to 200 pounds, sandy blonde hair. Court documents say the victim told detectives the suspect drove a dark green two-door muscle-style car. The court documents say Columbia police stopped James Wilson in 1985 while he was driving a green 1970 Olds Cutlass. The vehicle was registered to Wilson, uh, was stopped by the Columbia police officer because it matched the suspect's description in the case, according to CPD's probable cause statement. The court documents don't indicate what happened after that, but Wilson was not arrested. We'll keep you apprised. But how about a, an attaboy for the Columbia Police Department? All these years, you would think the case would just go cold and be dormant and they, they would set it aside. But no, they worked it from 1984. And there are people out there who want to defund the police? Wow. Not me. That's pretty impressive. So pat on the back to the Columbia Police Department once again, doing what they do best, solving crimes. All right, 874-9390-800-529-5572. So apparently uh, the president thinks that you should uh, not buy post-raisin brand. You should buy the generic version. Well, we've kind of gone through this exercise before. He's starting to sound more and more like Carter. For those of you old enough to remember President Carter, wear a sweater and keep your thermostat down. That was his solution. So now uh, we're getting the buy generic foods thing. I confess I haven't done that. Brian, are you buying generic stuff? Uh, never, no. Uh-uh. We, we talked about this a couple of months ago. And people said they were getting, like, some generic mac and cheese, and it was better than Kraft? Could be. But you still don't trust generics? Well, I mean, sometimes, I guess, if it's uh, generic that I'm familiar with, that I've had experience with, but trying to remember what that uh, brand is that uh, I get. Oh, it's, you get uh, but you get generic prescriptions. Yes. But uh-huh. you don't get generic dinner. Not usually, no. Not unless it's a brand, again, that I've had experience with. Hmm. All right. Who has the best generics? You can give us a call, 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. Do you not trust generics? When you, when you walk in the grocery store, uh, do you buy the, the brand name stuff, or do you buy the generic to save some money? With the inflation where it's at, where, where the Democrats have put us, the position that we're in, we should be looking at these alternatives just to save a little money. Ah, great value. That's the one that I great was... Great value. I use uh, that regularly. Who's great? Uh, is that Gerbs? Uh, yeah, and Walmart sells it too. All right, so... But, uh, that's good stuff. If you're, uh, if you're in the grocery store, do you buy generics or do you avoid them? I always, I'm always afraid that it's going to come off uh, just inferior. It won't taste right or... Right. And I figure, well, I might as well go ahead and spend the extra money and get what I know is good. You know, I learned that lesson when I had kids because the kids ate a lot of cereal. 
and we'd get a generic brand of Captain Crunch or something. And I was like, oh, Dad, that's terrible. And I was like, come on, go ahead and eat that. And I tried one, and I was like, yeah, that's... <laughs> it really that's wasn't good? Bad. No. Wow. So you got to pick and choose. I see, when I go in the grocery store, I'm looking at cereal. I see these big bags of cereal, not the little boxes. And, and, they're, and it's a generic brand. And I'm sometimes tempted, but I just, I can't pull the trigger and do it. So let me know if, if you're like me, if you if you go into the grocery store, do you buy generics or do you just go ahead and pay, spend the extra money? 874-9390-800-529-5572. It's the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 1119. Glad to have you with us. So uh, are you like me when you go into the grocery store? Do you avoid uh, getting uh, the generics? Do you go for the even if it costs you more? Uh, I just don't, I don't know why. I just, I'm afraid if I go spend that money and, I, and it tastes like poo, uh, I will have wasted that money and, you know, it would have been worth it to spend a few extra cents and get the real thing. Uh, to that end, Nick says, uh, humorously, I buy only the best, a diet of Ho-Hos and Twinkies washed down with Coke and a Budweiser. Uh, what about generic beer? Brian, you you don't drink much beer. No, I don't, no, we've gone out no. and uh, I never, I don't think I remember seeing you ever drink a beer. Nope. Does, would you, I don't know, uh, beer drinkers, would you try a generic beer? No. No? Uh-uh. Uh, I remember mean, Billy Carter beer? Yeah, I remember it. It's just that I've never really consumed a great deal of alcohol ever. I mean, maybe one drink and I'm done. Yeah. It's just, uh, I don't know, never really, it just put me to sleep. Then Paul said uh, about the... Uh, uh, the guy they arrested and brought in from North Carolina, uh, that he's not been found guilty. We have to keep that in mind. We have to, we have not heard his side of the story. He could have been justified. <laughs> yeah, Paul. Wait, what? Uh, justified it, whipping out a pocket knife and slicing the woman's throat. <laughs> that, that would be some story. Uh, we have to stop this convicting in the public eye. Nobody convicted him. We just said he was arrested based on DNA. Uh, and even if he is guilty, pray for him and his family. Well, that's that's a good question. What do we do with him? What would you do with this guy? Suppose he's found guilty. He's taken a knife. He's raped this woman. Allegedly raped this woman twice. And then took out his pocket knife, tried to kill her by slicing his uh, her throat. If indeed he is found guilty, what should happen to him? What would be, in your mind, uh, 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 the outcome? What should we do with this guy if he is, in fact, guilty? 874-9390-800-529-5572. I'm, 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 uh, I'm not in favor of the death penalty. I'm not looking to have him executed. Maybe somebody out there thinks that it should uh, should happen. I don't think so. But instead of, and this is my idea, you you can uh, you know chime in if you've got a different or better idea. Instead of saying, well, for this crime he gets 12 years or 20 years. 
we should be saying we're not letting him out until we are confident that he will not do this again. You know, try to rehabilitate him, try to get him some counseling, try to get inside his head. But if you can't, and you're not confident that he's safe, keep him as long as you have to. Maybe he dies in prison. That's okay with me. If that's what it takes to keep us safe, that's, that's what we do. But I don't, like, I, I don't want to execute him, and I don't want some pre-prescribed 20 years how to do it. And it's, it is frustrating to me, and I understand why they do it, but it is frustrating to me when we say, we're going to give him uh, uh, 20 years, uh, but he'll get out in uh, 12 with good behavior. No, 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 That's, that doesn't work for me either. Leave Don't come up with a pre-prescribed, this is what we'll give people who do this, here's what we'll give people who do that. We'll give them five years for this one, 12 years for that, a lifetime for this. It should just be, we're going to keep him until we are confident that he is safe to be let out on the streets. And if that means we lock him up for life, then because he's never rehabilitated, then that's it. Hard, really hard to stick to that. But I, but I do believe that is the solution. What do you think we should do with this guy who, in 1984, raped uh, a woman, allegedly, and uh, took out a knife, tried to slice, uh, slit her throat? She survived, but what, what should we do with the guy if, if we've got him now, if he's found guilty? In the meantime, I go to the phones. Rick is on the line. Rick, welcome. How are you? Hey, Gary, I am good. How are you today? I am good, too. I'm well, actually. What's up? Good, good. Well, I, I got a question. Um, I need to find out. I, I tried to run this. Uh, Brian, Brian's real busy, so I needed to find out if I needed to go through the advertising department for something. Now, if you think you have to go through the advertising department, you probably do. All right. Thank you. Well, what? Let me let me ask your opinion, though. So the Guardians Charitable Motorcycle Group is going to be collecting donations for the folks over in Woodridge. We're going to, you know, we're trying to collect clothing, household goods, toiletries, anything like that next that's, Saturday. That's all very nice. Very good. Yeah, well, we're, we're trying to get the word out and, and see if I need to make an ad or something, but we're going to be doing this next Saturday over there. Rick? Shop, right? I'm sorry, Rick. You, you over there out. at he dropped out. Where is it at? Ah. Oh, for Rick, you're going to have to buy an ad because we can't hear you. <laughs> oh, Rick. All right, Rick, call back, uh, and I will give you my opinion on whether you have to buy an ad. Call back. You're, we don't hear you at all now. Hopefully he'll call back and we'll find out. Brian, you're the you know you're the guardian at the gate. If if it needs to be uh, uh, sent through uh, advertising, you know what to do. Yeah, I'll send it right on through. And okay. I'll, uh, get and a watch fee as well for the referral. Yeah, and watch I out, happy fingers. You don't want to send him back on the radio. No, because uh, you hit the wrong button no. with your fat fingers. I wouldn't do that. All right, let me get Ray on the line. Ray, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for taking my call again. I believe uh, the uh, alleged rapist 
slash assaulter should get at least 30 or life with no possible chance of parole plus 30 years. That way, if he serves the rest of his life, he doesn't have to serve the 30. And that seems like uh, not cruel and unusual punishment. Um, so is the crime. Yeah, so is the criminal justice system about punishing people, or is it about protecting you and I uh, by keeping them off the streets until they're safe to be on the street? Right. It is. It should be. Well, then let God punish them. them We should let God punish them. You and I should uh, try to rehabilitate them. And if we can't, we just have to hang on to them until they die. Right. I agree. Well, so you can't just say 30 years because he may or may not be rehabilitated at 30 years. Oh, I said life plus 30 years. Well, then you're not then you're not trying to rehabilitate him. You're just locking him up like an animal. Oh, well, okay. I'm a former former corrections officer and police. Uh, What can I say? All right. Hey, Ray, thank thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, who's the, Brian, this is the same guy you were supposed to send him to yeah, sale. Yeah, he's, he's got a clear uh, signal now, and we haven't determined whether or not that this is a public service announcement or oh, an actual you are radio just commercial. useless at this. I'm sorry. All right, I'll run it through. Rick, what, what okay. is it you're trying to do? All right, so as I said, Guardian's Charitable Motorcycle Group is collecting donations to try and help out the folks in Wooldridge. You know, from the, from the fire. Yeah. Um, we're, we're trying to get clothing, toiletries, household goods, anything that folks can donate to help them out. We're going to be doing that next Saturday, the 5th, from 8 to 2, over at Fringe Western Wear, over there by Bass Pro Shop off of 63. Yeah. We're not making we're not making any money on this. Yeah. We're donating everything to to the families out there. We've already been in touch with the mayor out in Woodridge and everything to try and get this sorted out. But I needed to know if we had to run this through as an ad or or what since hey, we're not we're not making anything on this. We're we're trying to help people out. Yeah, Would that be I, a PSA or an ad? Well, it's really an ad to tell you the truth. Uh Brian, it, uh, how much do we charge to uh, run an ad like that? Um I'm not sure what their rate is. I only care about the referral fee. Yeah. You know, I send it on to sales, and of course, you know, I get you know, like 100 bucks okay. or something. You know what? Uh, we don't, we want to make sure you understand, Rick, that this is something uh, that, that you have to buy an ad for. We don't want you calling my show, Gary on Guns, Saturday morning, uh, like at 8 o'clock in the morning uh, when we come on. And to try promote and, this again. Oh, yeah. Promote this again. Well, he hadn't promoted yeah. it yet. We didn't release any specific details on oh, this. Oh, yes, we did. He said it's going to be on Saturday morning, uh, and it's going to be out on uh, 63 by uh, Bass Pro Shops. That's uh, next Saturday morning, not this coming. Next Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, um, so what I'll do... What I'll do then is I'll have my twin brother, Tim, call in <laughs> and just make sure, because he, he, he needs to make sure and verify everything, too, because <laughs> we don't communicate very well. So he wants to make sure on his own if, if it needs to go through the advertising Does, department or not. Tim, but yes. doesn't, Tim doesn't trust you, huh? All right. All right, Rick, you got the word out, and, uh, yeah, we'll be glad to help you get the word out. It's a, it's a noble cause. Thank you for, for doing it and for calling. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. A devastating report on Social Security. Brian, you might want to collect it right now. You, you might not want to wait because you're going to get ripped off. I have get, at least 40, 50 years before I have to worry about that. You expect to be 200 years old? <laughs> Uh, we're talking about this guy who allegedly uh, raped and uh, attempted to, to murder a victim uh, in 1984. He's been arrested. He's brought back to Columbia. Um, the question is, what do you do with a guy like this? Uh, I don't. I, I don't believe in the death penalty anymore. I used to, because but I don't anymore because it's not reversible. I'm not saying that people don't deserve it. They do. Uh, then it's a matter of what is the point of the criminal justice system. Is it to punish or is it to rehabilitate? Uh, do we just lock people up? Uh, you lock this guy up for 20 years, that doesn't mean he's cured. Uh, and if he's not cured, we shouldn't be letting him back out on the street. He's a danger to every woman that he encounters. What's the answer? Let me go to the phones. Glenn and welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Good morning, Gary. Morning. Uh, I think you and I perfect agreement that... Uh you and I have the right to use deadly force if necessary to protect ourselves and the ones we care about. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Uh, society also has the right to be able to protect itself from people who who don't conform to the laws of society. Uh, and the, the punishment is not only to keep these people away from the rest of society, but it's also to deter other people from doing the same thing. And uh, it may not be a perfect system, but it's the best that we can come up with to try to keep these people kind of under control. All right, well, uh, one other me... quick point is uh, you talk rehabilitation, but there's nobody can see into anybody's mind to know for sure that they're ever rehabilitated. If the consensus is that they're not rehabilitated, you don't let them out. Maybe you can't be sure, but you can generally try and, and generally come close. You're probably right most of the time. But then again, if you just give them 20 or 30 years and you let them loose, then you have no uh, indication at all that they'll not do it again. And if I am trying to protect my family or myself, I'm not shooting somebody to punish them. I'm shooting them to stop the attack. That's not quite the same. Yeah, that's what society's doing, too, as well. But uh, the general consensus of a group of bleeding-heart uh, psychologists that came from a liberal university didn't really didn't suit me. All right. Glennon, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, I'm not shooting somebody because I want to punish them for attacking me. I'm shooting them to stop the attack. Uh, let's see. Mary Beth, welcome. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, Gary? I am well, thank you. Um, I kind of agree with the previous caller. He, he, that's my point, is that um, if we don't have standards, um, guidelines for a judge or a jury to go by, uh, like 20 years for a certain crime or whatever, if we don't have those, then it's left up to this it's so subjective and i agree that who is going to make that decision you know isn't that it, it seems like that's open to more corruption uh having people paid off um 
I just think we need those guidelines. All right. So what if we have a guideline that says 20 years, and at the end of 20 years, this guy has just gotten meaner and more vicious, uh, and there's nothing we can do to hold on to him. We just have to turn him loose. Does that work? No, it doesn't work at all. But, yeah. you know, I think, and, but, and when you were talking about uh, punishment and, and versus rehabilitation, our prison system does not rehabilitate. Well, that's I mean, the problem. Exactly, exactly. I mean, that's, it, it may be the purpose of it, um, but it doesn't, it doesn't, in reality, it doesn't happen. And you talk about this, or you consider this person's right, possibly, you know, who's done this crime, and maybe in 10 years he's, he's learned his lesson. Maybe he's learned his lesson before he went in. Quite honestly, you know, if this is the only time he ever did it, maybe he, can, you know, confessed, went into the confessional and confessed it and got right with God and decided, you know, he was going to take a... a a clean path from there on, but th does that mean he doesn't deserve anything? Well, if that were the case, if, if that were the case, Sorry. Mary Beth, he would have come back to Columbia and said, you know, that case in 1984, it was me. Yeah, he, yeah, you're right, but I'm just trying to, to make a point that it's so subjective that I think we need guidelines. And All yeah, right. there are cases where person and probably more often than not where a person really hasn't hasn't learned what he should have learned in prison and then we let him out just because we had those guidelines i'd rather the guidelines be just you know when we're confident that you can be released and you'll do what you're supposed to uh we'll let you out until then this is home all right mary beth thank you you made some really good points glad to have you on the gary nolan show um very quickly, and I'll go back to the calls because it is uh, it is Froster Buns Friday. Apparently, uh, the Social Security is going to uh, be insolvent uh, relatively soon. In fact, uh, it'll be exhausted. The trust fund will be exhausted in 12 years. Get it while you can. Uh, the story is at CNS News. Barry Paulson, Social Security will soon be insolvent, and over the last 30 years, Congress has done nothing to fix the problem. From the outset, Social Security has been challenged by a fiscal commitment problem whereby solvency is a serious long-term problem without significant short-term consequences. Um, they go on to say under the current law and projections, Social Security benefits would have to be cut by about 22% uh, by the time this, this hits, 2034. Uh, but progressives expect Congress to come to the rescue and prevent this from happening. General funds or debt would likely be used to avoid a crisis and ease the transition to a pay-as-you-go system. If it's going broke, get it well you can, because you've paid into it. But it's just another example of the foul thinking of progressives who've come up with a plan to rip you off in order to stay in power. You know, the first Social Security recipients probably didn't put more than a few bucks in there and lived off that money for decades. It's a crummy system to begin with, and neither party will fix it, and it's an embarrassment. 
it needs to be privatized. We need to be let out from under. All right, to the phones we go on a Froster Buns Friday. Nick, Kansas City, Missouri. Hey, Nick, welcome. How are you? Mr. Gary, I'm good. Thank you. Better than I deserve. How are you? I too am well, thank you. Good. Hey, um, personally, I think it should be an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth on the gentleman that uh, if he gets, you know, that he actually did this crime. I mean, it was a hideous crime. She got raped twice, not once, but twice. Then he attempted to cut her throat and she lived through it. So there's no other way to make them, uh, as your point is, you know, we're supposed to rehabilitate them. Well, that's a good idea. Let's let them get a taste of what happened to their victims, every one of them. Rather, it's, uh, you know, they cut their throat and didn't make it. So we need to have somebody rape him a couple times. Let him get his throat cut and make it to where it's a doctor so that it doesn't, you know, it's precise exactly how it was to the lady. And let him pay his his fine and time for what he did. Because in all reality, what was this, 40 years ago? And the guys lived 40 years of wonderful joy and get to experience how the life is and no punishment. And he accidentally got caught, you know, that he thought he was getting away with it. So I don't see that he should be able to enjoy all of his life while this woman has been, you know, she probably can't even look over her, go to anywhere without looking over her shoulders. All right. Nick, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Interesting take. Uh, is Brian Houseworth back in here? Uh, not in the studio, but he's oh. uh, right out in the newsroom. Yep. Okay. All right. I see him back there. Uh, let's see. I'm up against the clock. Got to take a quick break. We're going to come right back, wrap this up, because Glenn Beck is on board, Sean Hannity. Uh, and then uh, in for Randy Tobler is Jennifer Bukowski. Yeah, it's the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is the USA. Uh, it is uh, the Gary Nolan Show. It is uh, 11.50. Um, I wish I had time to do this thing on Ted Kennedy because there was a book written about him and a brilliant response. If I don't get it today, go to dailymail.co.uk and look up Ted Kennedy. This, this needs to be heard, uh, and I will try to get to it. First, let me uh, let me do this. Uh, we've got the news god in the studio, uh, Brian Houseworth, and uh, we're going to find out uh, if there are any more details on this alleged uh, rapist and uh, attempted murderer. Yeah, uh, Gary, first of all, thank you for having me, and I would have joined you live at the top of the hour, but I was covering a press conference about first responders right next door, including some of the people over there, and it really wasn't about this case, but they're talking about some of the challenges they're facing, including... Um, just the mental issues and just the physical toll that all of this is taking on first responders, all these cases uh, and the workload, et cetera. So that's where I was. But just two very quick things. And I'm, I'm glad uh, you've read my story on the air and uh, 93.9theeagle.com for a lot more. But there's just two very quick things. Number one. We don't know at this time, because it hasn't been announced yet, and we may not know until next week, whether or not uh, this Wilson is going to fight or wave extradition. I know people worry about that. Either way, he will be brought back here. He will go to trial. But he can delay this if he decides to fight extradition. It's very complicated. And the two attorney general uh, offices, uh, our office, Eric Schmidt, and then, the, uh, forgive me, I don't know the name of the attorney general in North Carolina off the top of my head, uh, and I just looked him up the last night. And then the two governors, obviously Governor Parson uh, would be at the forefront of that, would have to sign paperwork. But bottom line, he will be brought back at some point. But there's no arraignment for us to cover because he's still in jail 
in North Carolina. The other thing that I think is worth mentioning just very quickly is that the North Carolina authorities work very closely with CPD, and I tried to get as much detail as I could. I thought it was very important to mention the vehicle they stopped in the green one. They had the right guy in 1985, a little unclear on, on what happened there, and maybe they didn't have enough evidence. But the bottom line is CPD has worked on this case nonstop, Gary, and they worked with the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation, which would be the equivalent of our Missouri State Highway Patrol for all intents and purposes. They, according to the court documents, surveilled Wilson after they've got all this information from CPD. They conducted a clandestine trash pull at his home. In other words, looking through trash, which they have every right to to do. You can do that. Agents found a men's disposable razor containing what appeared to be gray beard hair in the blades. That hair, that razor as well was actually sent to the Columbia Police Department. They confirmed he was the only man living at the home with gray beard hair. He was also the only male living in the home who would have been alive at the time of this offense. So I take it that there may be some children involved. I don't want to go any further than that. That's kind of how it's implied that there would have maybe some another male in there younger, I'm assuming a child, who would not have been alive in, in 1984. Um, the court documents are beyond horrific. And I mean horrific. I What you read on the air is just, I had to leave a lot of stuff out. Quite frankly, a lot of it is redacted. But what happened is this woman was brutally, brutally raped, not once but twice, outside the vehicle inside. He clearly was looking for her. I must have seen her before because that vehicle was parked very close. He knew exactly where he was going based on these court documents, a very secluded area on Wellington Drive, north of Clark Lane, went to the very... You just don't drive... No one would even know where that is unless you've been there before. He knew where he was going, and that is why CPD's being careful. They're not saying he's raped other people, but they're saying he very well could. In fact, the chief of police, his exact quote is, we do know that people who commit these crimes often don't stop with one. So they're convinced that there could be others. And, Gary, the last point I make is to, to I've covered news a long time. I can't remember a time where they've actually established a, a phone number just for one case. I've never seen it before. That's how big I think this is. And that number, if people know where this James Wilson, uh, if they have any information or maybe they have information, it may seem slight police want to know especially if you've been victimized by him they want to hear from you and that number is 573-874-7400 i also would expect that his uh, attorney whoever that is and we don't know who that'll be almost certainly request a change of venue um because of the amount of publicity this is getting that's just my experience with what i've seen in the courts and we'll find more about that when he's eventually brought back but i i think he's probably going to fight extradition i think it's going to be a while but everything could surprise me could be back here next week if he waves extradition they could go get him today but most likely i mean he he knows he's facing a huge prison sentence here um so that's just my gut feeling. But I appreciate all the listeners. I've had several listeners. One who sent me part of a yearbook uh, via email today from Rockbridge. It confirms with w- what uh, the CPD told me. He went to Rockbridge. We did not know that at the time, nor did CPD. Um, I'm a little unclear on what year he graduated. We know he was born in 1963. And we also don't know exactly when he left Columbia. Sometimes CPD believes between 85 and 86. And uh, But if people know, have any information, Gary, I'd strongly encourage them to come forward. Brian, you are the news god. Thank you, Gary. I Thank appreciate you, sir. It. Have a good weekend and Godspeed. You, you too. Take care. Glad to have you with us.
Um, all right, uh, I, I've got to do this this Ted Kennedy thing, and I've got what two minutes to do this in, Brian? Is that where I'm at? Yeah. Uh, somebody's written a book about Ted Kennedy, John Farrell, and it apparently is uh, a, a, a real soft sell on Kennedy. And this uh, this columnist really uh, dug into it. Uh, her name is Maureen Callahan. Uh, she said, uh, even in death, he keeps getting a pass. Uh, he, the introduction to, to Mary Jo in the book, she was seen by others, uh, by other Senate staffers as attractive but not gorgeous. The author, Farrell, says this. Why exactly? What possible bearing could her looks have on what Ted Kennedy did to her? Is Farrell's assessment pleasant looking enough, not a knockout, meant to be some mitigating factor? The facts, she writes, are not in dispute. On that dark night in Chappaquiddick, after drinking and partying all day, Ted Kennedy drove his car off a bridge into the pond. The car crashed upside down underwater with Mary Jo inside. Farrell's verbiage. The car left the bridge. How delicate, this columnist writes. How passive, as if the car left of its own volition. Nothing at all to do with the man behind the wheel. In Farrell's telling, you'd never know Ted Kennedy had a history of reckless driving or major issues with alcohol, or that the night his car left the bridge, his driver's license had long since expired. As Ted ran from the scene, passing inhabited homes in a fire station, he never once stopped for help. The water was shallow. The diver who recovered Mary Jo's body the next day was certain she had lived at least 30 minutes, much likely much longer, her neck arched back so she could breathe through the small air pocket. Surely she, uh, Mary Jo, who uh, worked for and adored Ted's late brother Robert, thought the strapping young senator, <clears throat> a storied Kennedy, would save her. Instead, he summoned two untrained lackeys to attempt a, res a rescue as he watched and bemoaned his dead presidential prospects. Oh, my God, Farrell quotes him as saying, what am I going to do? This couldn't have happened. Can you believe it? I don't believe this could happen to me. This tells us all we need to know. She was Mary Jo Kopechny, an idealist devoted to the cause of civil rights, determined to make the world better, 28 years old when she died. She was also, despite the shameful intimations made by the media and a Kennedy machine, well, you get the idea. Kennedy was a cretin. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.